gentlemen, welcome back to the Small Business Spotlight Podcast. My name is Jay Davis. Thanks for listening to the show wherever you get your podcast. This month's feature focuses on a very, very timely topic, tax season. It can be a stressful time for small business owners as they work to file in a timely fashion while continuing to run their businesses. I asked tax professionals what new line items small business owners need to be aware of this year and how those entrepreneurs can make the process easier on themselves. I talk with small business owners to see how different filing this year is versus previous years. Our guest this month is Jamie Lopiccolo, founder and managing member of Lake Orient-based Capital Corps Professional Advisors. Lopiccolo's firm offers a variety of services for businesses and individuals, including tax services, strategic tax planning, and advisory and coaching services. Lopiccolo in our conversation detailed what small business owners should look for as the April 18th filing deadline approaches. We also discussed the benefits of enlisting an accountant to file versus filing on your own. So as an expert in the tax field, what are some new things small business owners need to be aware of this year in particular as they file? Well, one of the, the late, late developments that came courtesy of the, the state of Michigan actually was this, as, as people may be aware, the, the, the Trump era tax changes state state tax deduction at $10,000. And so states have been trying to find ways to, to, to allow people to get that de- a deduction for their state income taxes above that. And late in December, the, le- the Michigan legislature changed the rules to allow for this flow-through entity, which allows for the tax to be paid by the business that flows through and gets deducted as part of the business income or, or deductions on, on the, for flow through entities. So that would be partnerships and S corporations. That is probably the biggest change relative to prior year that, that, you know, and it came late in the game. So as preparers, we're scrambling around and figuring out which clients it makes sense to do because it's at the end of the day, it's not a big number, but, and so it's got to make sense based upon the additional tax filings and some other things. And, and some firms I've talked to business, owners maybe in the hundred thousand dollars of profit or something may make start to where it makes sense under there it really just determines on on how much it is and, and, and so forth so that's probably the one of the bigger ones the other one is is just incorporating all of the the continuation of all of the new covid relief issues that are that are there you've got the employer uh, retention credits that are starting to come in and what does that mean for your return because Anytime you take a credit, you have to reduce your your expenses. So business owners need to be aware that they can't get the credit, and then also not they can't deduct the associated payroll for the credit. You've got still PPP forgiveness for two, PPP two, the forgiveness for that, and and IRS has issued some new. Uh, regulations in the middle of the year on, on how they'd like to see that treated, which is a little bit different than it was treated last year. So there's some changes there. Well, it, it's a technical, and, and it, it's the way it was treated in, in the retained earnings. And, and I don't, and without getting too technical, S corporations have their retained earnings divided into different buckets depending on the tax attributes. And so they wanted it, it originally, they came out and said it's going to go into the non taxable bucket of retained earnings called other accumulated adjustments account. Okay. And so, but then they came back this year and said, well, if you're going to do it that way, then you got to put the, it's just the way that it was treated. So we're doing a lot of, on our clients, we're doing a lot of squaring up of those, those retained earnings buckets in, in for S corporations. And so, and you also have to put a declaration of, did you, of, of what, what section of the, the revenue 
pronouncement is does does the PPP fall into? Most of them are going to fall into Section One, but it's based upon did you use the expenses and get it forgiven in this year? Did you accrue expenses and 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 not get it all forgiven? And so there's some technical things that are there. I don't see a lot of small business owners really needing to worry about that. I think those are for some of the larger businesses, but they need to know that there's some disclosure now requirements relative to their tax returns if they're doing themselves. Most preparers should be aware of these, I would hope, but but they may want to double check with their preparer to find out if if they're making those those type of adjustments and so forth. And then like you said before earlier, you've got the 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 revitalization grants and more grants are still coming in and and generally grants are always taxable so it's just additional taxable income to the to make sure that they pick that up in their in their in in income as you're calculating their taxes so i just want to be clear restaurant restaurant revitalization funds ppp loans all that stuff is that is that are those things tax deductible so, so well, keep in mind, it's all income, so there's no deductibility. So they're, they're, the PPP is, is specifically designed to be non-taxable income. That was defined right in the Internal Revenue Code when, when Congress passed it. The restaurant revitalization is taxable income because it was not purposely excluded as taxable income. So that is actually, if, if they've received that, that is going to be, unless it has to be repaid, it, it, would be, it should be included in, in income for the business owners. So how are you and your colleagues at your firm, how are you advising small business owners to, I don't know, claim those funds and include them in their filings? Well, and, and the nice thing is, is most, most of our businesses are on some sort of an accounting system. And so we're, we're making sure that, that the, the, the monies are being deposited into the business checking account, which then leads us to capture it as part of their income as, as we're doing the year end or they're doing their books and so forth. So it, it it's one of those that's nice with most businesses. A lot of that is becomes automatic. Now, if you've got some some restaurants that are that are not on a formal accounting system, then it's a matter of just asking them that if they've gotten it or not. So that way you that they can be included as other income on their tax return. But it should be included as other income for them. In terms of the payroll tax kind of sticking along with the same thing with business owners losing staff over the last couple of years, how does that loss of staff over the course of the pandemic tech, excuse me, affect how, how that's filed? So there's really nothing special about it. All it really is, is, is at the end of the day, it means that there's just a decrease in expenses that they've paid out. So they're going to see a decrease in their, their overall cost of payroll uh, including payroll taxes and, and and so forth. There's really nothing. There's really nothing there that by having that loss of employees creates an additional type of a deduction or a reduction of income, other than the natural fact that cash isn't going out the door to to pay for these expenses. So you're just going to see that natural reduction. Where where some of that kicks in or maybe an issue is relative to the PPP forgiveness and, and those attributes. But there again, there's there's ways around that as well that I don't see that as as a big issue. I think it's more of a, for, for restaurants, it's not so much a tax issue as it is just a normal business issue. Okay. We, do, we don't have the employees. How do, we, how do we service our customers? How do we try to make more money now still? With everything that's gone on the last couple of years, with having these additional line items, I guess, to include in a, in a filing. What are some concerns you hear from small business owners as they file this year, given, like I said, that they have to include all this additional information? 
Yeah, yeah, I think the biggest thing is 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 the compliance side of it. Are we are, are are we doing the right things on the tax return? Are we complying with? Again, most small business owners, and and it depends on. I put them into two camps: those that are self preparers and those that use preparers. And the 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 problem you're going to see is the self preparers aren't going to know all of the various different regulations that they have to do, including. And I'm I'm assuming that unless you trigger it with TurboTax or some of the the other you're not going to you're not going to know that you need to include a footnote relative to the type of PPP forgiveness that you received but we're you know from from our perspective our clients trust that we're going to do it the right way anyways and so they're we're giving them a little bit more peace of mind relative to that i think some people are are always interested in make sure did we get our forgiveness have we reported it correctly did we make sure we got the deduction for it and that we were able to get our expenses for for those and and they'll tell us if they've received grants we usually ask our clients did you receive any grants or anything like that so really just making sure that we've captured everything and we've put it on the right line items take the cost savings out of it why why would a small business owner knowing you have all these different sections aspects to a filing why would they why would they do their taxes themselves their the taxes for their business why would they do that on their own some people uh, i wish i knew the true answer to that i think that 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 some people just feel that they want to maintain that control throughout their business including every aspect of the finances to the tax return and and it's the old adage oh it's just easy to do it's just filling out a, a couple forms and going on their own and you've got software out there like turbo taxes and 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 ADHNR blocks and things of that nature that make it sound easy to do and in reality it 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 can be but it, there's little nuances if you don't do it right you could be screwing up elections going forward or or things of that nature we've seen it's amazing some of the stuff that i've seen on on self preparers and 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 really where you may not see it in a corporation or a partnership as much but where you will see it is is you'll see it on a schedule c which is an individual that files or that has a business that's not incorporated or a partnership they'll do a lot of it on schedule c there and those are a little bit easier to do but there's still some things that they that could they could be missing is is where do they put certain numbers because it may not go on that business form and so i've seen in my career i've seen all types do you have any clients business owners filing for the first time this year oh yeah what's the process been like for them like i said earlier with the additional information needed filing for pandemic related loans and payroll tax and things like that yeah, so the nice thing for for our firm is is again we have this we have this advisory and education element of it, right? So usually as we take on new clients, we also engage them in an advisory format where we sit down on one-to-one coaching with them. So as we're doing this, we're talking to them already about all of that stuff. So when it comes for tax filing, they already know, they're already informed about what needs to be done in the processes and things of that nature. So we we in our firm anyways, we we kind of address that early on in the relationship with the client. Now, if we've got one in January and we haven't had a chance to go through our, our, our coaching session, we'll talk to them throughout and, and make sure that if they're on QuickBooks, that their, their QuickBooks are complete and, and their bank recs are done and, and things of that, that, that 
help us know internally, okay, we've recorded everything, but then we'll ask them based on the industry. Like, I'm not going to ask a psychologist if they've received, you know, restaurant revitalization funds, right? right. So we'll look based on industry, what, what we know is there. And, and so we know the common questions now, did you receive SBA? Idle? Did you receive an idle loan this year or the last year? Did you receive the PPP? Okay. Did you ask for forgiveness? Do you have that forgiveness letter? If you've received an idle, do you have the loan documentation so we can put it in our file? Did you receive any other grants? So we go through and ask them a, a series of questions. And then if, and, and then we just walk them through, okay, that you receive this grant, just so you know, that is taxable income to you. And we have to put that on your return. So if you can get that, that, that amount, so we can break it out, that would be great. The PPP is not, is, is not taxable income is forgiveness, but we have to report it. Did you, did you get it? When did you get it forgiven and all of that? So we, we've got a kind of an internal checklist of just based upon our experience with all of this. Okay. What are some tips you'd offer small business owners as they file this year, just to help smooth along the process? It, it's it's small business owners are are a interesting group. It, it, it's one of those things is obviously it's too late now, but make sure you, you if I would if you we had this interview back in January, get your stuff done early, get it in so that it that way it can get processed and so forth. But I, I think from a a tax filing perspective, don't do it yourself. Get a get a professional, whether it's a CPA or an enrolled agent or somebody that that is specializes in in business tax preparation. If you need to find, there's plenty of websites to find preparers from the IRS to the Michigan Association of CPAs to I'm sure the enrolled agents have have various websites listing people that are specialized. Um, the compliance and the cost. I always tell business owners this: Yes, it's going to cost money for us to prepare your return, but it's also going to take us less time to do it then it's going to take you to do it. And what can you do with that time frame that you should ultimately be able to make up the money that you're paying us to prepare your return? If you're out there selling, or if you're out there producing or, or working with your team to generate revenue, the accounting should, should ultimately pay for itself because it's allowing you that time to do that. So I, I think, and, and then just be from, from other than that is, is just make sure you really, if you're going to do it yourself, make sure you really, really understand the forms and the requirements. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us for the Small Business Spotlight Podcast. We'll be back next month with another episode. Thank you to our guest, Jamie Lo Piccolo, founder and managing member of Capacore Professional Advisors. Thanks to Tim Simpson, who takes care of everything behind the scenes. You can find this and other Cranes Detroit Business Podcasts by clicking on Podcasts at the top of our website or by searching for Cranes Conversations wherever you get your podcasts. Take it easy.